0: And welcome back to the Disney World Today podcast. I am your ghost host for the day, Kevin Pope. Hope everyone's having a magical day. Magical week. Hope everything's going good with you guys. It is the week of January 29th, 2024. Only a couple days left in the longest month of the year. That's what it feels like, right? Like, how is it still January? Like, how was New Year's Day, like, only a few weeks ago? Feels like Christmas was six months ago. It's crazy, but... Here we are, you know, day by day, week by week. We're, uh, you know, just trucking along here. I'm back as always with a brand new episode ready to talk some Disney, ready to help you get through your day, whether you're driving in traffic, at the gym, doing chores around the house. Uh, Hopefully I'm able to provide you with a little bit of Disney magic uh, that can make those things go by just a little quicker. Before we get into it. Got to plug everything here. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok. Disney World Today. It's all one word. My DM, DMs on Instagram are always open. Uh, stop by, say hello. Let me know what you think of the show. If you're a new listener, returning listener, you know, a lot of you guys, we chat back and forth. We chat back and forth now all the time. Uh, it's pretty fun, whether we're talking uh, Disney, sports, it uh, doesn't matter. I love talking with you guys. If you have ideas for the show, uh, top 10 lists, rankings, episode ideas like whether it's a, a a whole long segment or you just want to vent about Disney, you have a trip coming up, you want to send me some cool retro Disney stuff, doesn't matter, uh reach out to me. That's always a lot of fun. Wherever you're listening, hit that subscribe button, leave me a rating and a review. If you do write me a review, I'll give you a shout out on the very next episode. So on Spotify you can leave a rating but you can't leave a review. But there's a thing if you're listening on Spotify After each episode is published, like on that episode page, there's like uh, questions on there. And sometimes I'll put up polls, but the default question is like, you know, what did you think of this episode? You know, depending on the episode, I kind of uh, adjust it and I'll ask you guys for your input. And uh, I wanted to give a shout out to someone who didn't leave me a review on Spotify because you can't, but left me a nice little message here. I wanted to read and give a shout out. WDW Ron 2024 said, love your show. Been to Walt Disney World nine times. The first trip at Disney World was in 1981. My next trip is coming up on February 19th, 2024. So hopefully you're listening to this podcast to get yourself in the mood, get hyped up, you know, counting down your, your Disney vacation, which is only a few weeks away now and your first trip 1981 that's pretty cool you were able to experience you know Disney in the 80s something I wasn't able to do you know uh, Magic Kingdom I think I, I kind of talked about this uh, one of the episodes I did I talked about like time travel like I feel like 81 would have been a good year to go um, you know early 80s uh, you can still kind of see the Magic Kingdom pretty close to its original version you got Epcot opening up, like that would be a pretty cool time uh, to go. So thank you, WDW Ron, uh, for the nice words. Last week, we had a fun top 10 list. I did my top 10 Walt Disney World vibes. As the cool young kids say nowadays, it's a vibe. Certain things at Disney just radiate these good magical vibes. I counted down my top 10. I had a bunch of honorable mentions. There was a bunch that don't exist anymore, you know, um, walking through classic future world at epcot that was you know one of my favorite favorite things to do one of my favorite vibes just walking through there hearing that classic epcot music seeing the fountain seeing the glowing lights in the sidewalk electric umbrella those neon lights those weird awning things like that's one of my all-time favorite vibes i go through my top 10 of the current vibes at walt disney world and, uh, I was actually driving a couple days ago and there was nothing on like, I, I didn't know what to put on. So I actually put on that episode and I listened to myself talk about my top 10 Disney vibes because each, like each ranking, like each one I went through, I was able to just kind of picture myself there right now. Uh, and that just kind of made me feel good, you know? So hopefully you guys can do something similar to that. Check out that episode. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it's available everywhere. This week's episode is courtesy of one of you guys. Like I said, you know, if you have an idea for an episode, uh, send me a message on Instagram. I want to give a shout out to Colby Ruckle 12 uh, who said, what about a top 10 extinct attractions episode? And I know I've talked about extinct attractions a lot on this podcast, but I've never done a top 10. So that's what we're going to be doing today. Top 10 extinct attractions at Walt Disney World. Before we get into the episode, I did want to talk a little bit about uh, my TikTok. So on TikTok now, um, I don't know if like everyone can do it, or you have to be a, uh, over a certain amount of followers, but I'm able to kind of post products in my TikTok showcase. It's something, um, it's like the new TikTok shop. I got these sunflower seeds off the TikTok shop, and they're called Smacking Seeds, and. I'm going to be completely honest. They're the best sunflower seeds I've ever had. The best flavors I've ever had. Usually I'm just like a ranch guy or maybe original. Um, So I bought this sampler box off TikTok. And the reason why I'm talking about this is, A, again, I'll be honest, I I get commission from now. I think I get like three bucks um, for every purchase. But B, like I had coupons in my TikTok shop like I didn't know about. So I ordered a sampler pack from them. It was like 20 bucks and I had free shipping and a 50% off like TikTok coupon. I got the box for 10 bucks, like flat. And some of the flavors were cinnamon churro, original, barbecue, garlic Parmesan, cracked pepper, and dill pickle. Garlic Parmesan was amazing. Cracked pepper was good. The cinnamon churro, like I'm addicted to. Like I'm gonna have to order more. It is the greatest flavor sunflower seeds I ever had. It was like a dessert. So if you're listening, if anyone you know is a big sunflower seed person, check it out. Um, go to my TikTok page, and if you click on my showcase, there's a link. You can just click right on that. But I just wanted to let you guys know, they're amazing. Your attention, please. The Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Word. Top 10 extinct attractions at Walt Disney World. You guys know me, how nostalgic I am. I love being nostalgic about Walt Disney World. So, of course, I have to do a top 10 list about all of the extinct attractions. You know, I, I'm, I've i probably talked about them at some point during the show or, you know, made reels about it. Um, you know, I'm always kind of thinking about, uh, you know, my family trips to Disney as a kid, going to Disney in the 90s and the 2000s. You know, a lot has changed since then, and we've seen a lot of attractions come and go. So again, thanks to Colby Ruckle 12 on Instagram for th- the suggestion for this episode. I'm going to give you guys my top 10. I have a bunch of honorable mentions. I pretty much listed in my honorable mentions just all of the extinct attractions that I could think of uh, that didn't make the list. I'm not going to lie. This was actually kind of hard. Um, so for this list, I'm obviously doing my personal top 10 favorite you know the ones i thought were the best and for me i kept it at attractions that were open like when i was alive so i was born in 90 so if you you know if you're older than me or if you've seen like you know footage and and v- videos of extinct attractions that were you know gone before 1990 they're not gonna be on my list i wanted to do you know attractions that i had the chance to experience i don't think it's fair for me to rank an, a, an attraction that i never you know remembered never went on never was around and even some of my honorable mentions you know there's a few that you know are, are arguably more popular than others but i just don't remember them enough you know to put it on my list so definitely had a a, a more difficult time than i was expecting you know my my one through four was very easy it got difficult towards the end like my number 10 pick i spent like a good probably 15 minutes this morning deciding on you know my 10 9 8 like those kind of last three picks because i couldn't really decide so let's start us off my number 10 pick you guys might think i'm crazy maybe you think it's a crazy pick but i it's it's one I had an attachment to, it's one I enjoyed. My number nine, my number 10 pick is Who Wants to Be a Millionaire play it at Disney's MGM slash Hollywood Studios. When Who Wants to Be a Millionaire came out, at least here in the States, it was such a big deal, right? Do you guys remember like that was like must-see TV. I remember all of us gathering around the TV and watching who wants to be a millionaire together like it was you you could not miss it it was like the hottest game show at that time you know this is like early 2000s you know back then a million dollars i don't know like nowadays like a million doesn't sound as like as much money as it did i guess back then uh i mean still a lot obviously but like when you're a kid in you know the year 2000 you hear the word million like you can't really comprehend that much money That was such a big TV show. You know, Regis Philbin, everyone loved Regis Philbin. Everyone was watching Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Um, And so when they brought it to Disney, it was, again, like you had to go see it. It ran from 2001 to 2006 at Hollywood Studios. And it was kind of where Toy Story Mania is now. It was, you know, before Pixar land over there. They had, sound, they had sound stages there. They had little studios. And that were, you know, they, those used to change a lot. Previously, that's where they held um, WCW, you know, professional wrestling. They had some shows in there. And then finally, you know, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Play it. It was fun. It was a fun show. Again, I'm a kid at this time. I thought it was so cool. You know, they pretty much just tried to emulate, you know, what you saw on TV. You'd go into this you know, soundstage, you, you you were in the audience. I don't know how um, they would pick people to actually play. Now, was it, I don't know if it was from the crowd or they had people, you know, pre-selected. I remember they had, like, they would, like, ask you, like, this question and you had to, like, name the answers, like, in order. And whoever, like, got it correct and the fastest, I think maybe that's who they would pick to come up on stage and actually play. That was so exciting, like... I remember wanting to get that so bad that I would just press the buttons as fast as I could. Like, I would just hope that I was correct and that just press the buttons like so quickly that I would just randomly, you know, win it and be able to go up. And what was cool and exciting was that you got to play for like Disney prizes, like pins, merchandise, like hats and clothes and stuff, maybe Fast Passes. I don't remember. I thought maybe Fast Passes. And I thought the grand prize was i want to say it was like a disney cruise or something like that that was cool like you're actually playing for stuff you're not just playing you know just to play you're you could actually win prizes you know and thinking back to it too like as a 10 year old i probably didn't have a chance you know to even make it up there but it was it was fun it was exciting to me again a 10 year old kid i think one of the main problems uh with it it always felt like it took forever like i think. The actual show itself was probably like around a half hour. So now you're, you know, carving out a half hour of your day at the park to watch this. And if, you know, if you didn't win, you know, the, the first question and, and were able to go into the hot seat you know, you're just watching someone else play for prizes, Is it, was it that fun? I thought it was cool. Um, it just felt like you had to wait forever to even get into that studio. So maybe that was like the, the biggest problem with it. But I thought it was cool that I'm at Disney World. I could go on to this game show, win Disney prizes, win, you know, a Disney cruise for my family. I always wanted to try it. It was, you know, I think it was, you know, Disney trivia and stuff like that. I thought it was cool. I thought it was fun. It it definitely made the the park unique. It felt like you were going on to an actual game show. Like, the presentation was amazing. That's what made it. Like, when you were there, even though it's an attraction at Disney, you felt like you were playing a live game show that was going to be on TV. Um, you know, so that's why I put it at my number 10. Like I said, I had a hard time choosing, you know, who wants to be a millionaire? I at least have a lot of memories of. It was something that I went on a lot. It was something that I hoped uh, that, you know, I would be picked to go up there and actually play. Uh, So for my number 10 pick, who wants to be a millionaire? Play it. For my number nine pick, let's head on over to Epcot. If you're a fan of simulators, my number nine pick is Body Wars, a motion simulator at Epcot. It ran from 1989 to 2007. Honestly, I you know I I've looked up the dates of these attractions. I was shocked that it lasted till 2007. I'm I'm gonna bet that those last few years it was only open seasonally because I don't I have just have no recollection of going on it as a 17 year old. It was located in the Wonders of Life Pavilion. You know, I think, again, towards the end, that that pavilion, I feel like uh, those last few trips that we would go, like, I feel like it was, you know, not open all the time. Uh, It just seemed kind of just empty over there. They'd only open up certain times. so that's probably why I don't remember going on it, you know, at a later age. But Body Wars was one of those rides, you know, when I'm 9, 10, 11 years old-ish, maybe 12 going to Disney, like, we started to, me and my cousins at least, like, we started to want to do more kind of thrilling rides, and at that point in time, you know, we had just gotten Rock and Roller Coaster, Test Track, Tower of Terror, like, Space Mountain, Thunder Mountain, like, there wasn't that many, um, so for us, you know, the, the simulator rides, Star Tours, and Body Wars, like, those were, you know, the next best thrilling rides. And Body Wars was, I thought it was very cool. It was, I thought it was a very cool story. Um, I feel like it kind of reminded me of, like, Ant-Man. Uh, they, they shrink you down and then you go inside, like, the human body to, like, help remove a splinter or something like that. It was, like, an interesting story. Um, I always enjoyed it. You know, it's similar to Star Tours, like, that type of simulator ride. Even, like, the, the seating and stuff felt, like, almost identical um remember my my biggest memory of it was going with my cousins and my sister and we rode body wars i want to say like three times in a row and after like that third time my sister got so sick that you know she was probably at the time maybe like seven or eight you know kind of young she got so sick that it like kind of engraved in her brain that she can't do like certain thrill rides anymore and like I I feel I truly feel that because of those three rides in a row on Body Wars is why she doesn't go on a lot of more thrilling attractions and coasters today. Because she remembers getting sick on it, you know, back in the day. And it's like, she didn't get sick the first time or the second time. I think it was just the three times in a row that did it. But I always enjoyed Body Wars. It's one of those attractions I feel like it's kind of lost. Um, it's not talked about a lot. It's not really referenced at all by Disney But i enjoyed it and that's my number nine pick body wars let's move on to my number eight pick now for my number eight pick let's head on over to the magic kingdom i went with snow white's scary adventures you know this one was just your classic dark ride your classic disney dark ride you know there's what separated it from other dark rides it's it's hard to say it's just one i have a lot of memories of going on It's one of those attractions where, when you look it up, you're shocked to see that it it lasted such a long time. It opened in 1971 and closed in 2012 when they announced the new Fantasyland expansion. And it went, um, they changed the name of it in 1994. And they, you know, it went from, I think, uh, Snow White's Adventures to Snow White's Scary Adventures. And there was, like, you know, a little bit of uh, refurbishment there, but it was pretty much the same attraction. I think they just added, like, the scary adventures part part because there were some scenes in that that were, you know, a little scarier if you're, you know, familiar with the movie just with, like, the Wicked uh, Witch and stuff. But it was a fun, very cool dark ride. I thought the animatronics on this attraction were very well done. You know, as a kid, again, you go, we you know, We all go to Disney, sometimes you just go on all the rides just to ride them, right? Like, there's definitely a point in time where as a 12-year-old boy, like, did I really want to go on Snow White's Scary Adventures? No, but we did every single ride, and it was one of those, as a kid, there were some scenes that were scary, Um, but I I don't know, I just always thought the animatronics and the, the theming and the lighting and just everything they did with that one, like, felt just better it made it worth riding um but you know classic dark ride nothing really else to say about it you know they closed it and um you know with new Fantasyland, we obviously have the seven doors mine train now which is you know a lot better it's a coaster it's fun it's more thrilling they did a great job with that theming i believe it's the same witch uh, animatronic at the end of the uh, attraction that you see you know, even going on scary, uh, Snow White's Scary Adventures, you know, you get to hear the classic songs, Hi Ho, like that was the the Seven Dwarfs Hi Ho song was one of those my dad like, would always sing. Whether we were in Disney, whether we were at home, it just felt like that was like one of his go-to songs. Uh, so to go on that attraction and to see, uh, you know, see the Seven Dwarfs and, and hear them sing that song, uh, I just, that kind of sticks out in my mind. So... That's my number 8 pick, Snow White's Scary Adventures. For my number 7 pick, pretty similar to number 8 here, we're still at the Magic Kingdom and we're still talking dark rides. My number 7 pick is Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Now, most of you guys probably know this one or know of it. This one was always kind of brought up when it comes to extinct attractions and, and rides that people miss. It was open at the Magic Kingdom from 1971, an opening day attraction and it closed in 1998. It was replaced by the Winnie the Pooh ride um, that's there today. And you know what, what this ride is, I feel like famous now for is the hell scene. There's like a scene in the ride where you kind of like go through hell and you see like a, a devil, which some of the rumors are like that's why they closed it. You know, people complain that they're, you know, you're representing hell and, and the devil in a, in a family theme park. But, you know, this is one, it closed in 98, so I was only eight years old, but I do remember going on this one once or twice, just a few brief memories of it. It was, a, it was a lot of fun to me because it was one of those unique Disney characters, you know, like Snow White, similar ride, Winnie the Pooh replaced it, like we all know Winnie the Pooh, you know, we had Peter Pan's Flight. Those classic characters in those Dark Rides. Like Mr. Toad was a very unique character to me. Like you didn't really know of him or hear about him. The only thing I remembered him from was the Disney movie, I think it's uh, Ichabod and Mr. Toad, which we had on VHS, and um, which is, I believe, what the Headless Horseman is from. So it was like this kind of mysterious character that had his own attraction at the Magic Kingdom, and that kind of made, that was the allure for me, like, that's why I wanted to ride it, like, it seemed like it was a little more fast-paced, a little more exciting, a little more to look at, I think partly too, because I didn't really know what I was looking at, like, when you go on Snow White, or Peter Pan's Flight, um, you know that story, you've seen the movie, so you kind of know what to expect, like, this was, like, brand new, like, it seemed like every time I wrote it, you know, you I was watching a movie or a cartoon you know for the first time and that that was the allure for me like I was only seven or eight years old riding it I was only able to ride it a couple times but it's one of those in my head like it always seemed cool you know and like that's what sticks out it was a cool ride you know not even really probably notice or care about like the and this ride still exists at Disneyland you know I'm guessing it's a little different than the Disney World attraction but it still exists there so if you want you could always ride it there uh, which is probably why it's not higher on my list. And to be honest, I've never been as crazy about this one um, as some people. Uh, it, it seems like Mr. Toes Wild Ride is like one of those. It almost, almost has like a cult following. Whenever you bring up extinct Disney attractions, that was always in the conversation. And, you know, it, it was fun. It was cool. Uh, you know, number seven for me seems like the right spot for it. My number six pick next on my list is over at Animal Kingdom. Again, maybe this one I might catch some flack for, but that's all right. My number six pick is Primeval Whirl, the former coaster uh, at Animal Kingdom. It was, you know, not technically Dinoland, but that Chester and Hester's Dino-Rama area. And this seems like one of those attractions where, you you know, a lot of people weren't huge fans of. I always enjoyed Primeval World, and I feel like one of the biggest complaints about it was the theming. Um, it was, you know, kind of like a just a plug and play kind of carnival style ride. My argument to that is like that what that's what it was supposed to be. That Dino Rama area is supposed to feel like an old school kind of carnival, you know, just dinosaur theme. That's why you know there's only two attractions there: Primeval World and Triceratops Spin. And just like the theming was like your, you know, your standard carnival type theming, carnival rides, very simple cutouts, um, nothing too crazy. And then they had like all the all those carnival style games. So the theming, I don't know what people were expecting. The theming fit the area. The ride itself, you know, it was a little bumpy, a little choppy, but I thought it was kind of fun. You know, it was like a fun little coaster. It wasn't too intense. You know that you know uh, I couldn't ride it. it wasn't. It had just like the the right amount of excitement to it. Yeah, what what made it cool was like those sharp turns uh, whenever you would like reach like a point of the track like and your car would spin as you're moving. I always thought that was pretty cool. Uh, It was a little bumpy. You know, it was one of those, like, maybe you get off of the attraction and your hips and elbows hurt from bumping into the side or bumping into the people next to you. You know, it wasn't the smoothest. It was a little rough, if I'm being honest. The reason why it's here on my list at number six, again, just I have a lot of family memories on this attraction. It was one of those coasters that wasn't too crazy that my sister and my dad like we could all ride it together like my dad went on this one my dad doesn't go on many thrill rides at all he gets really bad like motion sickness and this is one he could always kind of tough out so i'll always remember like all of us going on this together and like seeing his reaction i rem- i'll never forget it it was either the first or second time we went on he told me to let him know when it was over so he could open up his eyes like here's a grown man my dad i was probably like 14 years old and he's like make sure you tell me when it's over so I can open up my eyes. And at the very end, I told him it was over. He could open up his eyes and there was like this random, like one last time that we spun at the end and he got so mad at me. And there was another time too, I remember going on this with my mom and my my dad and sister were gonna wait for us. So me and my mom go on, we wait in line, we get into the loading area. And it was like one of those Florida mornings where, you know, there was a storm coming. Um, It was just like a matter of time so we wait in line we get onto the ride and as as we load as we sit down and we're like moving forward we see it just like start pouring like absolutely downpour it's raining sideways it's raining so hard and there's no lightning so they don't stop the ride and me and my mom just look at each other like you know and we're still like in the covered part of the the loading section we're not you know being hit by the rain yet we look at each other like oh no like in about 10 seconds, we're gonna, about to be outside, blasted with rain as we ride this ride. And of course, we keep going. We reach the outside part. It starts pouring rain. And we go through the entire ride just laughing and giggling, like going through Primeval World, just being soaked with rain. You know, the, the twists and turns, the little drops. Just It was just so much fun. We were just laughing. Just The, the look that we gave each other is one of those things that I'll just never forget. It's those memories like that. Like, that's why, you know, it makes my list. Like, that's why I always enjoyed it. I always thought it was a nice little coaster there in Animal Kingdom. And for that reason, it's my number six pick on my top 10 extinct attractions. All right, top five. Here we go. My number five pick is Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, the 3D show that was over at Epcot next to Journey into Imagination. Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Oh, man, like this attraction to me, thinking back to it, like it's one of those things that really does remind me of going to Epcot as a kid. It reminds me of Epcot in the 80s and 90s, just had that feel to it. I think I feel like this one represented it. I loved Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. It was open from 1994 to 2010, and when it closed in 2010, uh, pretty pretty funny how it worked over there so it replaced originally in 1994 uh captain eo the michael jackson show uh ran till 2010 and was replaced by captain eo so pretty weird uh sequence of events there at epcot i always love the show like when i think back and i think of the 3d shows at walt disney world as a kid especially this is the one like this is the one i remember the most this is the first one I remember going on. You know, I know Muppet, uh, Muppet Vision was over there at Hollywood Studios. Um, the Bugs Life was over at Animal Kingdom. But this one I remember doing first. I remember being a small kid going on Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. You know, being familiar with that franchise, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, was a a pretty big movie in the 90s. We had the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids like, play area at Hollywood Studios as well. I'll never forget going on this Uh, seeing this show and like the 3d effects just absolutely blowing me away. Like as a kid, I couldn't believe it. There's like a scene where it feels like there's mice in the theater. I thought for sure there were mice in the theater. Um, Just very memorable. Rick Moranis. I feel like it's a very beloved show. And um, you know, I'll agree that towards the end there, it, it did start to feel dated um, you know, they replaced it with a a movie that was even older, which, you know, is a whole separate discussion. But I loved Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. I remember being, I don't know, I was probably maybe like 17 and I thought it was going to be cool. And I took the 3D glasses home with me. I had those for the longest time. And maybe the best thing about it was the music. The music in this area, the Honey, I Shrunk the Audience music just again just encapsulates classic epcot it fit perfectly with the classic epcot music over there in future world um you know it was a great spot over there next to journey into imagination i'll I'll, the, the music is so good like it's on um like if you just look up like classic epcot loop music like you'll hear it there uh but it was a great show i always enjoyed it it's the first 3d show i remember seeing and as a kid in the 90s It was a big deal because 3D shows back then, the special effects like that was the you know the biggest thing in technology. You we couldn't believe that stuff. We've made it to my top four now, and I'll be honest, my top five, as I was saying earlier in this episode, uh, was pretty easy for me to do. It was the rest of the list that was kind of tough. You know, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience is just just you know talking about it just brought back so many memories of seeing that for the first time. And I do miss it, It, although, you know, I I will agree it was a show that was dated. But my number four pick, this is an easy one. You guys know I love this attraction, The Great Movie Ride. This ride was a staple of Disney's MGM Hollywood Studios. You know, your entire park is based off of movies, Hollywood, old-time Hollywood. And you had a ride that paid tribute to these movies, these classic, iconic movies You know, I did an entire episode on how, you know, Disney could have kept this attraction open. They could have just updated it. I think that would have been so cool um, if this was an attraction where Disney, you know, every 10 years, every 20 years, whatever it was, just updated it and added different scenes to, you know, some of the more current movies. I think that would have been a really cool thing to do. It opened in 1989 and closed in 2017. It was replaced by Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. You know, it's a cute little attraction now, but the what I, what I always thought was weird, um, when they added the Sorcerer Mickey's hat to MGM Studios, so many people were against it because it took away from the Chinese theater and the Great Movie Ride. And it was just like, this iconic classic piece of Disney history, you know, that theater. So they, they took away the sorcerer's hat. You have the theater, you have the great movie ride. Then they announced, you know, the great movie Ride's closing and it's replaced by this kind of Mickey cartoon ride. And no one really complained that much. You know, we were upset that great movie ride was closing, but like we're, we're all those people that were, you know, trying to defend the great movie ride in this, this iconic theater, you know, years ago they could have kept it open they could have just updated it that would have been you know very easy to do it would have cost some money yes but you're not overhauling the entire attraction you're just changing and swapping out some scenes and animatronics it would have been cool to have a disney attraction that was kind of changing with the times that paid tribute to the movies as they happened you know and if you haven't if you haven't listened to it i i suggest going back and listening to it it was a series i was going to call what if um and the title of the episode was What if the Great Movie Ride Never Closed and you know Disney just kinda updated it as they went. I an iconic attraction. I feel like it's one of those, like when you when you bring up MGM Studios, you thought of the Great Movie Ride and Tower of Terror. Like those were the two things. It was a great attraction, it was iconic, it was one of those everyone could ride and everyone could enjoy, and you know it, it has to make my list here. For my number three pick, we're going to be staying at Hollywood Studios. My number three pick is the Backlot Tour. I I absolutely love the Backlot Tour, and I feel like maybe I took it for granted towards the end there. But that's kind of Disney's fault. The Backlot Tour was one of those rides I just did not appreciate enough. And it's one of those I feel like Disney could have kept and just could have updated with the times. It opened in 1989 and closed in 2014, another iconic MGM Studios attraction. You know what? Disney, I've said it before, Disney gave up on this attraction. Like, let's be honest, they gave up on this one because the Backlot Tour, the last, I don't know, five or maybe even a little more years of existence was the same attraction and it was kind of just dull. It was kind of sad, to be honest. They just stopped adding new movie props to the attraction, and that's what made it great. Was that you could go on this tour and see all these cool movie props and um, feel like you were seeing like backstage stuff. Uh, I, you know, they had the Harbor Attack thing in the beginning of the attraction that was pretty fun. My family got picked twice uh, to do it. You know, the first time I believe. Uh, was my 2008 trip with my buddy Brian. So the harbor attack thing, we got picked to do that. We thought that was so much fun. I was able to do that again a, a couple years later. Then you go on this tour of the Backlot area. You know, they talk about the movies and stuff that were filmed there. You get a little brief history of, you know, d- different props and sets that you saw. This was something that was so much more fun and cooler when I was a kid when it was an actual movie studio you know when they actually film stuff at mgm studios but even towards the end you could have just kept updating it with different props and sets and you know stuff from the movies you get a tour of the backstage area of mgm studios that was always cool to see you know as disney diehards we always love seeing you know the forbidden areas the backstage areas you know stuff we you know were never able to see i remember like cutting through the one area where it's like the the warehouses where the costume designers were and like the, the set designers like that stuff I always thought was cool. And it was like the same stuff, like the last five years or so. And I, I was just so disappointed in Disney with that stuff. Like I love movies. I love going to movies. I love like learning about the creation of movies and what went into making them. And this was an attraction that kind of gave you a glimpse of all of that stuff. You know, unfortunately we lost this attraction when the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge construction was announced and started, that whole Streets of America, that whole backlot area. Um, I loved, I miss it. I miss classic MGM Studios. The tour was something, I remember going on it as a kid and you know, seeing sets and props and stuff from filming Home Improvement from, I believe, the Golden Girls' house uh, was on the lot there. I remember them talking about how they... they um, the animators made. I think it was Mulan. I think they made Mulan there at MGM Studios, which was so cool. Especially at the time, you know, I remember going on on this like that summer after it came out, and being like, "Whoa!" Like they made that right here. Like I'm driving past, you know, the windows of where the animators were working. Like that's so cool. Some of the stuff that uh, stood out on the tour was. <laughs> I remember it's random, but like. They had, like, these props from Pirates of the Caribbean, one of the movies. They're, like, these, like, almost, like, wood, like, circular cages. I think they kept uh, the characters in in the movie. Like, they always had those on the backlot tour, those Pirates' cages. Um, Herbie the Love Bug, I feel like they had some sort of representation of Herbie. Uh, I remember seeing stuff from Home Improvement, and then, again, it was just, like, it was like random stuff. Like it was like a a car from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, a movie that came out in the late '80s. You know, was there forever. Like where was like the newer stuff? You know, Disney had plenty of newer live action movies uh, that they could have added to this attraction. You had all the Marvel movies. You had you know the live action stuff. Like I said, like Pirates. You had more pirate stuff. National Treasure. All of other Disney's kind of entities they could have had there on the tour, but. I always loved the backlot tour. That whole area because of going to Disney as a kid always seemed like, I don't know, just larger than life. Like it it was magical to me. It was a peek behind the Disney curtain, you know, something I was always curious and always interested in. And, you know, as someone who loves movies, I'm sure you guys do too. It was it was like if you weren't going to California and going to Hollywood and doing an actual Hollywood tour, this was the next best thing. So My number three pick, a lot of uh, personal attachment and family memories, the Backlot Tour. Top two now, you guys are probably listening, might be able to guess my top two if you know me, if you've been following me and listening uh, to the show. My number two pick, Red Epcot, Maelstrom. You are not the first to pass this way, nor shall you be the last. One of my all-time favorite random Disney quotes, because I am such a nerd. I love that quote from Disney's Maelstrom uh, at Epcot in the Norway Pavilion. This ride, like this is what Disney was doing, what they were thinking of when they were building Epcot, building World, World Showcase. This is what they were doing, because me going on Maelstrom all of those years, growing up, going to Epcot made me want to go visit Norway. It worked. Like, that was their plan. You know, World Showcase, the countries, they they kind of developed and worked in, um, and partnered with, like, those nations and their governments. It worked for me. Now, I, I've never actually visited Norway, but that doesn't mean I don't want to. Like, I if you were to ask me, like, what places I want to visit outside the United States, one of them always in my list is Norway, and it is solely because of this attraction now i'm not, again i'm not the biggest geography person but if you guys know me you know how much i love warm weather so for norway to be the place that i want to visit there's no other explanation other than going to epcot and going on maelstrom i have always loved this attraction when when i was a kid like it was the thing to do in world showcase you know going to epcot as a kid again i have a different appreciation for it now but as a kid World Showcase. I didn't really want anything to do with. I, I found it boring. I didn't care about walking through the countries, and going through the shops and trying different foods. Like I wanted a hot dog. I wanted to go on test track. Like that was me at Epcot. The only thing about World Showcase that we loved and we always wanted to do though was Maelstrom, and the thing that sticks out in my mind because you know when you when you go back and think about it. It's not like it's this huge thrill ride, like Splash Mountain or anything. It had a small, very small drop that's kind of comparable to the drop on, like, Pirates of the Caribbean. It's really nothing much. But it was walking up to that pavilion and seeing the waterfall and seeing the boat come up to the waterfall and then kind of go down, like, that drop backwards. There was a mystique about that attraction where... I I don't know. I felt like as soon as we walked into it, like I was transported into a different country, and the lure of Norway and the Norse, you know, culture and mythology always stuck with me because of that attraction. Like I always loved Thor, you know, even pre Marvel. Like I kind of knew more about Thor through mythology than I did about like the comic book character because of this attraction. Like I loved it. I thought it was very cool i thought it was very well themed um the the theming around the attraction like when you get off the ride you're, it seems like you're, you're in like this norwegian town i always loved that part i love the gift shop i love that entire pavilion but maelstrom is one of those that i will forever miss i i, I have shirts and tank tops with maelstrom on it that Uh, like that Viking person, like the, the mural on the wall, like when you're getting into your boat, like I have a shirt with that on it. You know, I, I remember I made a video, I've made plenty of videos about Maelstrom, but one of them, I remember someone commented saying that I needed to like get over it, that it was outdated. Was it outdated? I mean, it's a ride. Yes, it it was built in the eighties, but it's a ride about Norway. Like how can it be that outdated? Like I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. It felt like a more thrilling ride than it actually was. And I think that just had to do with, like I said, walking up and seeing the waterfall and seeing the boat, you know, from, you know, World Showcase. And like, whoa, you know, what what happens? Like you obviously go down like there's a drop or something. And then just like the theming inside the ride, the special effects. It was mysterious. There was a mystique behind it that was cool. It was a cool ride. It had a cool name, Maelstrom. It was a cool ride. It had a cool gift shop. Everything about it was cool. And just all of those memories about it uh, that I have on it and and going there as a kid. And, you know, know, it was there for a long time, you know, closed in 2014, which blows my mind that that's, that's 10 years ago, Maelstrom closed 10 years ago. That it seems like I had just written it for the last time, just a couple of years ago, but. I love Maelstrom, you guys know this, and easily my number two pick. If you're listening right now, and you're thinking, whoa, Kevin, you love Maelstrom. How's that your number two? What's your number one? Well, my number one pick is Splash Mountain. The most recent addition to this list, it's pretty crazy to think about that now when you talk about extinct Disney attractions, you have to think of Splash Mountain. You know, we're, we're at that point now. It, it's gone. It's, it's a part of Disney history. And the reason why it's number one, there's a lot of reasons why it's number one. If you haven't noticed, for me, family memories and just memories in general play a big role in my lists. Splash Mountain is the one. Again, I've done episodes on Splash Mountain. I've talked about it before. I have so many family memories on Splash Mountain. I'll never forget it and those memories. All those family trips, going to Disney as a kid, like this was the ride that almost all of us went on. Everybody but Grandma, you know, went on this attraction. She'd wait back and hold the bags, but we'd go on and... My absolute all-time favorite ride photos going on Splash Mountain. You know, my entire family getting a boat to ourselves because we had, what, eight of us. You know, me, my dad, my mom, my sister, my aunt, my two cousins, and my grandpa. We were all on Splash Mountain together. My grandpa absolutely loved Splash Mountain. He always talked about Splash Mountain. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, he, he passed away a couple years ago now and, you know, we're all getting older and those family memories are what I like to think about. Um, and those times on Splash Mountain, I'll—I'll I'll honestly never forget. It was—it was a good ride. It was a good long ride. It was iconic. Uh, whenever I would talk about Splash Mountain, I always said like, "It's a ride at Disney that you get your money's worth." Like whatever you say about Disney and the prices and the crowds and the long lines, once you went on Splash Mountain, you always walked off and said, "Yeah, you know what? That was worth it. That was worth the wait. That one, I felt like I got my money's worth. It was a good long ride." It had the big drop. It had a few other smaller drops uh, throughout the ride. The animatronics were cool. The song was cool. It was classic. You had good views. Everything about that attraction um, made it, you know, one of the best ones on Walt Disney World property. And it's, I say it's iconic in that I feel like it was one of those few Disney attractions that, whether you went every year as a kid or you went one time, like, everyone kind of knew of splash mountain you know there's there's not too many rides like that especially growing up you know i think we can all remember those days like coming back from disney and summer break and you know talking to kids at school about our summer vacation at disney and it's like back then like what's a ride that everyone knew it was probably splash mountain i can still picture going on it you know on a hot summer day uh, you, you go down the big drop, you get a little wet, you're back inside with the, uh, the the animatronic singing, zippity-doo-dah. Now there's like a slight chill because you're wet and then you're inside and there's air conditioning. Um, I always thought it was cool too, how you could see that part of the attraction when you rode the Walt Disney World Railroad. Just everything about Splash Mountain. It, it's crazy, like when I actually sit back and I make this list and I think about it, like my number one favorite extinct attraction is Splash Mountain it's still weird to think about you know that it's gone and I know it's still technically gonna be there it's gonna be Princess and the Frog um and for for this list like I wasn't going to include any like re-themes like the original Test Track is one of my all-time favorite attractions Um, I didn't want to include stuff like that on the list because Test Track is still there it's still the ride still the same ride system and Splash Mountain is going to be the same ride system but I I made an exception just based on like those family memories that I talked about, you know, those ride photos, you know, with with my grandpa and my aunt, my cousins, my parents. Those are memories I'm going to have for the rest of my life. And I would always think about, man, I can't wait till I go to Disney with my kids and my family, my wife, and we do the same thing like we bring my parents, we get like our own boat and get the ride photos and, you know, again it's it's just going to be a little different because it's not splash mountain Um, and for those reasons uh, i had to put it at my number one like i said i had a bunch of honorable mentions too and with with the honorable mentions i'll say like all the re-themes that i enjoyed like test track the original test track uh, i always loved Uh, that would definitely have to be on my list if i was including those uh, let's see, some other honorable mentions here, the Lights Motors Action Stunt Show, the uh, the stunt show at MGM Hollywood Studios. I always liked that show. You know, I come from a car family. We love cars, and, you know, just seeing that um, was really, especially, you know, the first couple times, it was so interesting and so cool. I remember, you know, of course, there's there's cars and and, you know, jumps and explosions and gunfire, like that stuff, but, like, I remember me and my dad just kind of bonding over how they did it, like how they put motorcycle engines inside the cars. And they had a guy driving backwards and like the stuff they would do, like that kind of stuff. You know, he was a mechanic. So like we found that stuff very interesting how they did it and all the tires they would go through and all the safety stuff like that stuff was really cool to me. Uh, It was a fun show. It was one of those shows that they could have kept it. They would have had to switch it. You know, you kind of got to update, it was the same show from, you know, when it opened to when it closed. But the stunt show, I always enjoyed that one. I had Horizons on my honorable mentions list. This is one of those, like, I wanted to include, but I just, I don't have enough of a memory of it. I remember, like, just barely going on it once, and the rest of my knowledge of that attraction is just through, you know, internet searches and watching YouTube videos, so I, I just felt like I couldn't include that one. The original Skyway in uh, Fantasyland at the Magic Kingdom, that was on my on my list. I don't think I ever went on it because it closed in, like, 94, 95. Uh, but when I think about, like, my first memories of Disney and the Magic Kingdom, like, that always pops in my brain because I remember seeing it. I remember being, like, that kind of being part of, like, when you'd see, like, postcards or just iconic pictures of Disney World, like, in the early 90s. You would see fantasyland and you would see like those cable cars and that original skyway Twenty Thousand leagues the submarine voyage was on my list again it's something i think of when i think of like early 90s at the magic kingdom but i just i don't have enough memory of going on it to uh, honestly put it on my list alien encounter it would probably make some people's list it it scared the crap out of me way too much like it was way too terrifying it was cool Way too terrifying for me to put on my list, though. And then the last one here, the most recent one, The Country Bear Jamboree. Again, that's going to be a re-theme, so it's kind of hard to include. Um, But that one was a classic one. It was never my favorite, but I just kind of always appreciated the history of it. But that pretty much wraps up my list. That wraps up this week's episode. My favorite extinct attractions at Walt Disney World. What makes me sad... Um, you know, I'm probably going to have to revisit this topic in the, in the near future because in a few years, you know, I may have to include like re-themes and, you know, I can, I can include like the original test track and stuff because in a few years, Dinosaur is going to be changed, Rock and Roller Coaster is going to be changed, and I'm sure there'll be a few more, uh, that will be gone that I'll have to (laughs) update my extinct attractions list. But thank you guys as always for listening. Hopefully I was able to uh, help you guys get through your day. Shout out to you guys that follow me on Instagram. I, you guys are always sending me ideas for the show. We're always talking Disney. Like I love you know I love opening up my Instagram and seeing like a little notification for a message and you know talking Disney you know whether it's a reel you sent me whether it's an idea you have for the show whether it's you know just reaching out and letting me know that you're a fan and you're listening that stuff is so cool to me this is a, pra- a passion project of mine and when when i see and, and read stuff like that and i interact with you guys like it i don't know it kind of reinforces like the fact that like like i don't want to feel like i'm doing this for nothing you know like i don't get that many listens But I feel like I get a decent amount now. Like I can check my stats. Like to be honest, like if if no one was listening to the show, I don't know if I'd still be doing it. If no one, you know, if we weren't talking on Instagram and interacting on there, I don't know if I'd still be doing the show. Just because, like, I just have so many other things going on. So shout out, big shout out uh, to you guys. Hopefully, one of these times I'll be uh, telling you guys how we are officially going on our Disney trip this summer. That's going to be a big one. That's uh, going to be my son's first trip. He's going to be like a year old, so that's going to be a crazy adventure. But until then, I'll be like most of you guys, like living out of state, living away from Florida, wishing I was there. You know, the weather right now in Chicago is not terrible. I, I, I guess I can't complain when it's in the 40s. You know, it's supposed to get into the low 50s, um, but still, you know, like I... I would give anything right now for it to be like 80 degrees. I could just like go to the pool, go to the beach, hang out outside in a cutoff shirt and be comfortable. You know, that's what I want right now. Remember to follow me on Instagram and TikTok, Disney World Today. My DMs there are always open. Remember to uh, send me any ideas you have for the show. Hit that subscribe button. Leave me a rating and a review. If you write me a review, I'll give you a shout out on the very next episode. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Thank you guys for listening. That's all I got. Have a good week. Have a good weekend. Uh, Get your, uh, start to plan your Super Bowl, you know, party and snacks and stuff. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Always remember, it all started with a mouse.